the, the question was, are you hungry? Uh, I wanted to say no. And that's really what I wanted to say. But there were two problems. Number one, I was hungry. And, and the second one was, it would have been very rude for me to, to say no when someone actually was offering me a, a meal. So I, I said yes. And, and I, I'd seen the reason I was hesitant to say yes or didn't really want to, uh, was because I'd seen what was on the stove. There was a big old, big old pot of pasoli on the stove there in the Bersiaga household. Uh, and I'd had pasoli before, uh, the year before. And, and, uh, if you've never had it, it's, it's a Mexican dish. It's kind of a, uh, a red, greasy type soup. The soup itself's not too bad, but, the way that Rosa makes it is she puts a, at that time for me was an unidentified meat in the, uh, in the pasoli. Um, it was a meat that on one side was really slick, on the other side was kind of rough and raised, and it was just, oh, it just, uh, I, it, it didn't really have flavor, but it, the texture just drove me batty. And, and so I said yes, and so Rosa, Rosa dished me up a big old bowl of pasoli, taking special care to make sure that her guest got plenty of the unidentified meat into his bowl. Uh, oh, I found out later, I asked her grandson, uh, uh, what is that meat in your grandma's soup? It was tripe. You want to know what tripe is? Yeah, cow stomach, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's nasty stuff. So, uh, so when you go to Mexico this summer with me, I hope we have pasoli. Uh, I won't eat it, but I'll, I'll encourage you. No, you have to because it's polite. Uh, but anyway, so Rosa dishes up this big old bowl of pasoli, and then Raphael, uh, in his broken English, says, "Will will you pray a blessing?" And uh, so I begin to pray, and and I I prayed a conflicted prayer of, of thanksgiving. I I wish that I was praying a blessing on eggs and and bacon, or or on toast, or donuts, or a bowl of cereal instead of pasoli. But when the the prayer was over, I looked over and I I I, I looked at Raphael. Raphael has dedicated or dedicated his life to living uh, a life of thanksgiving and a life of compassion. The, the day before we were in Juarez, or, or heading out to the, the Napa area of Juarez, and, and we went through an intersection. There was a guy there filling potholes. Now, at this time, when we went out to Napa, a lot of the roads were just sand roads. So what guys would do is they'd get up early in the morning and they'd dig holes in the road in intersections. And then when traffic started to come through, they would fill the holes hoping that you would give them money for being so nice to fill all these potholes in their roads. Uh, but as we pulled through the intersection, uh, the, the guy waved really big at Ralph, and Ralph waved at him. And as we pulled away, his daughter Yvonne, who spoke just a little bit of English, informed me, we, we give food to, to his family. Uh, and then I looked, over at, uh, I looked over at Yvonne. The night before when we had returned to El Paso, Rafael and Rosa live in El Paso, um, when we returned to El Paso, we, we had to stop at Walmart. It was late, fairly late at night, but we stopped. And she went inside, and she came out with a pair of tennis shoes. And I'm thinking, why did we have to stop at Walmart to get a pair of tennis shoes at the late hour? But as she got back in the car, she, she said, these are for Cynthia. Cynthia was a little girl at that time, a little girl in the church at Annapra. And she needed some new tennis shoes, so they stopped and bought her shoes. And then I thought of Rosa uh, the day before when we were traveling back into El Paso, uh, sitting on the bridge, waiting to get back in the U.S., and, and children were begging through, through the, the lanes of traffic. Uh, every time a child would come up, Rosa would say something to her, uh, to, to Raphael, I didn't know what he's saying, 
but he would reach over and grab some coins out of a dish and hand them out to the window. And another kid would come by, she would say something, he'd reach over and grab some coins. And, and I, I, I thought of Thanksgiving. I, I didn't thank, say thank you for the pasoli, but thank you for the blessings. We, we, uh, we're going to look today in Psalm chapter 100. It's a short psalm, just five verses long. We're going to look there at, at an attitude of thanksgiving, having an attitude of thanksgiving. If you have your Bibles, read along with me. Psalm 100, we'll look at the all five verses. There the psalmist says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with, with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name, for the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You, you really can't read that psalm with just itself having a, some sense of, uh, of an attitude of thanksgiving. That's just such a wonderful and beautiful psalm. But, psalm, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at three things that it tells us. It tells us that we should have a want to, to worship, a desire to worship. Verse 1 and 2, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. We need to have a, a want, a desire to worship. Well, what is, what is worship? Oftentimes we define worship and we're a little bit too narrow with it. We think worship is something that we do in a service from, from 10 to 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. That's worship. Or maybe we, we even fine tune it just a little bit more. Well, well, the song service, when, when Johnny and the band get up and they lead us in praise songs, that's worship when we sing songs to him. Uh, and, and indeed those things are worship, but worship is so much more powerful powerful than that worship covers encompasses all that we do first of all it's a recognition it's a recognition several years ago i was attending a uh, i only got to do this one time but i, I attended the late night at the fog uh it's the first official uh, uh basketball practice for for the jayhawks and 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 i was there with uh, sixteen thousand other people and i was out in the concourse and i thought i heard someone holler my name and i turned around and looked and all was a sea of faces that didn't look familiar and so I turned back and and then I heard my name again and I turned around and and then I saw someone waving really big and it was Carrie uh, Carrie Bennett or, or uh, Carrie Bedora uh, her husband was the uh, at that time campus minister uh, at the University of Kansas Carrie was a friend of my uh, my my son Brian went to college together I think Johnny is at least Facebook friends with her and and uh, and so Carrie came running up and, and gave me a big hug. It was so good to see her again. And it was kind of cool in that setting with thousands of people that I didn't know to be recognized, to have someone like, oh, hey, I know you. I was moved to joy by that recognition. When we recognize God, and simply put, when we see God in things, what a, what a sense of, uh, and an attitude of thanksgiving that gives us an attitude of worship. Psalm 19.1 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the works of His hands. So, so in, in, in God's creation, when we recognize Him, maybe you're driving to work and it's dark and, and uh, you look to the east and the, the sun is just starting to come up and the, the sky begins to glow orange and, and, it's, and it's just beautiful. Or maybe... Maybe it's late in the evening and the sun is setting. The sky is just, just amazing. And you, you see that and you think, wow, 
wow, God is, is, is great, isn't he? That's, that's recognizing God in what you see. Or maybe it's something as simple as seeing, seeing a, a baby smile uh, or, or seeing an act of, uh, of forgiveness or an act of love or an act of mercy. And you see God in that. When we recognize God and seek to recognize Him in things, it gives us an attitude of worship, an an attitude of thanksgiving. It's also reverence. Verse 1 says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Now, now you normally don't equate shouting and reverence together. Normally we think of reverence as as being quiet or... uh, very subdued, very uh, thoughtful and introspective, and and that and, and reverence can be those things. Let me let me give you an example. Uh, years ago, when I was a youth minister in, in uh, at a church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I took three high school uh, boys with me down to New Orleans. We took a day and went to New Orleans. Number one, I should have got fired for taking three high school boys to New Orleans because we didn't just go to New Orleans. We went to the French Quarter. Whoa, was I stupid, but. But we spent most of our time in Jackson Square. If you're familiar with New Orleans, we, we ate beignets at Cafe Du Monde and, and, and we, we, we walked around the riverfront. We ended up going to movie. That's the main reason we were down there. But, but when we were in, in Jackson Square, we, we walked across the square. If any of you have been there, and we walked into the St. Louis Cathedral, a huge Catholic cathedral church right there in Jackson Square. And, and we walked in. And when you walk in something like that, the thought that came to my mind was reverence. It was beautiful statues, and there were banks of these little votive candles that were glowing in kind of the, the, the darkness of the, the chapel. It just felt like you should have walked in and, and folded your hands in prayer or something. Uh, that's what I was thinking. My, my three high school boys that I had with me were thinking other things. Uh, I turned around, and I looked over, and one of the guys was lighting some of the candles. Like, dude, don't do that. You're not a Catholic. You're not supposed to light their candles, and... and and then I turned around like, where's the, and, and one, of, one of the guys is over, what's this water for? And he's splashing the holy water around. And I'm like, guys, holy. And they're like, where's Darren? And I'm like, I don't know, I haven't seen him. And, and I heard what sounded like a, a door closing. And, and over off to one side, I walked over, and it's where the confessionals were. And as I got closer, I heard someone from inside the confessional say, uh, enter in, my son, and confess your sins. Uh, it wasn't the sound of the priest, it was Darren. <laughs> and he wasn't in the confessing side. He was on the priest side of the uh, confessional. So, Johnny, just a note, don't take uh, any. Uh, some of these kids are good, but don't take them to a cathedral or uh, any other church besides Troy Christian Church. And uh, uh, I got them out as fast as I could, and, and, uh, and luckily we didn't get, uh, get arrested or anything. But reverence certainly can be quiet and, and soul-searching, but really reverence is having a sense of awe. In, uh, in 1 Peter 3.15 it says, uh, in the RSV, always reverence Christ as, as Lord. Um, uh, another version says, set aside Christ as Lord. So reverence has the idea of in your heart realizing who God, God is, having a sense of awe, a sense of his power, a sense of his grandeur, a sense of his awesomeness. When we see the glory of God, there are times when our spirits simply have to shout. Uh, also, a, a want to worship it has this idea of rejoicing. Verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. When, when we 
when we worship, we don't just have to sing, but when we sing, we worship. Um, you, you run someone that's, uh, that's whistling a tune or humming a song or, or, or maybe just under their breath singing a little bit. Normally, unless they're singing a dirge or some sad song, normally when they're singing or whistling or humming, they're, they're happy. Because when you sing, it just gives you that sense of, that sense of, of, of glory. Now, some of you might have maybe had this happen. Uh, Thursday night or Friday morning early, you were, you were out shopping. Maybe some of you were standing in line. I know my wife a couple times, they went into stores. She went with, a, with our daughter and, and a couple uh, stepdaughters, stepdaughters, daughter-in-laws, excuse me. And uh, they, they went into a couple stores, when, and Rita went in the store, and as soon as she got in, she got in line. You know, that was her job, designated line standard. And uh, so I don't know if she, I don't know if this happened to her, but I can imagine standing in line. Uh, and, and when she described it, I'm like, you guys are crazy. Ladies, you are crazy. Guys, if you went shopping, you're crazy. Because you walked in and the line went all the way back. I'm like, that is just, that is just insane. And, uh, but I'm sure there's someone, and maybe this was you standing in line and the guy in front of you was humming along with the Christmas music playing above on the, you didn't know there was any Christmas music because all you're hearing is people shouting and, and uh, you're on the phone. No, get that. If make sure, lock the lady down. I want that one. You know. But, but maybe someone in line was just humming along. And you're thinking, it's no silent night and there's nothing holy about this time. But, uh, but when we, when we sing, it's, it, it's rejoicing. My home church had an elder named Noble Burns and Noble, Noble's a fun guy. He was a great guy. I don't know if Noble could sing. I guess he probably could, but I never heard him sing. Every song he whistled. So, so during our worship service, as we sang the hymns, Noble, wherever he was sitting, would whistle along. And, and, and I will point this out. He, was a, he, he whistled very well. He, he did it good. Apparently, I don't, because when I whistle to a song, Rita elbows me and tells me not to do that. Of course, I'll whistle when someone's doing special music or hum, and I get in trouble. But, uh, but he whistles along. And there's times I would stop and just listen to him whistle. I was just cool. And, and there was always a smile on his face. He always seemed happy and joyful. Uh, of course, that was his, his spirit. When, when, uh, when we rejoice, w- when we have a spirit, as this says, uh, to worship with gladness and come before him with joyful songs, w- when we have that, it gives us an attitude of worship, an attitude of thanksgiving. He also points out, if, you, uh, if you're here with me, in verse 3, he says this, Know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us. We are His, we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. We, we should pursue His pasture. An attitude of thanksgiving comes when we understand our place, when we understand where we belong. When, when I was growing up, we went to my, grandparents, my, my mom's parents, my grandma and grandpa Hartman's, every year for Thanksgiving. It's just what we did. And, and when, when it was time to eat, uh, grandma and grandpa would, would put a table down through the center of this rather large living room. And, and there was a, a dining room table and, and then card table and then a folding table. And, and, and it was just a long, almost the whole room was made up of tables. Uh, and then in the room next to it was a card table. That's where I got to sit because I was one of the youngest grandkids. So I was in there. But this big table and every year, my grandpa would sit at one end of the table and my grandmother at the other. Now, I never did this, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. I wonder what would have happened when the meal got ready to start, when grandma said, hey, everything's ready, let's take our places. 
had I gone to the head of the table and sat down, I know what would have happened. I would have got a look from my dad. That look alone would have, would have caused me to get up. But had I felt particularly frisky and stayed there, then I know what would have happened next. My dad would grab me by the cuff of my collar, lifted me up, and, and as he was walking out, he would be taking his belt off probably and, and, uh, uh, and just telling me a little bit about Thanksgiving and, uh, uh, or something like that. I never did that because at the head of the table, that was where Grandpa sat. He was the, the patriarch. He was, uh, and Grandma the other in the mate. That's just where they sat. I, I knew my place. My place was in the next room at the card table. Now, I was excited. I, I don't know if it's when we got married that I finally got to sit at the big table, or, or maybe Rita did, and I still was at the, uh, the little table, but, uh, but I knew where I belonged. N- notice what this passage, notice what he says. Know that the Lord is God. One, one of the attitudes that will help us in Thanksgiving is knowing where, where we fit in, and knowing that that God is God and we are not. Uh, knowing that my grandpa was grandpa and I wasn't. I, I was just one of the grandkids. Grandpa was grandpa. He earned that spot. And, and the reality is th- there was great comfort in realizing that I wasn't grandpa. I didn't have to provide a house. I didn't have to provide a table. I didn't have to buy, buy any of the food. I didn't have to prepare. All I had to do was show up and eat. And quite honestly, I was thankful that I had a seat at the card table in the other room. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. It is He who made us, and we are His. Our, uh, our house uh, sits on a hill just above the playground at the elementary school in Rushville. So we can sit on the front porch and, and look down at the playground. Kind of, we have a couple trees in the way, but we can kind of see what's going on, certainly hear what's going on. I was sitting there, it's been, it's been several months ago, I was sitting on the porch, and, and a, a group of I don't know, it might have been third, fourth, fifth graders playing kickball. And it didn't take long to watch and figure out which kids were the good good ones. I mean, which ones were the cutter. You could tell the cutter guys and the Brodies. You could tell them, you know, they were the guys that, that you know, were kicking it over the fence and, and the fastest ones and were getting, you know, you could tell, the, and you could tell the ones that were, uh, you could tell the ones that were the picks, you know. The, the guys that weren't as good as, I don't know, maybe you're a good athlete, I don't know. No, okay. Uh, but you, you can tell the ones that weren't quite as good. And, and someone kicked the ball to this, this guy, and, and it, it, it was real easy. Right to him, it's just a little lazy pop-up, and, and he got underneath it. You can tell he was, wasn't real sure of himself, and, and he muffed it. Uh, it. It hit his hands and rolled away. Uh, one of the good ones, one of the good athletes ran over and, the ball and threw it back in and, and as he walked by I couldn't hear what he said but as he walked by I could tell by his his demeanor that he wasn't saying that's okay buddy you'll get him next time you know and, and by the way the kid bowed his head and just looked crushed and and I could see as others kind of hollered over at him the kid just seemed to shrink more and more and more you know it made me want to go down and you know play kickball with him and and get those good guys out, although I probably would have muffed it too, and then we both would have been like this. But, but, but I watched as he went in. It was almost like he was ostracized. He was pushed over here like, like he didn't belong on the team anymore. A couple innings later, uh, same thing happened. A little pop-up went right to him. 
uh, everyone was yelling at him, you know, like, oh, you better catch it. And, and he did. And in fact, the guy was on second base. The guy on second base thought there's no way he's going to catch it. So he was going to score. But when the guy caught it, the guy was standing right there. He tagged him out. That was the third out. They all went in. Now everyone was patting him on the back and, and high-fiving him. And you could just see that kid just pump up and suddenly feel like, man, I'm part of the team again. So the reality is when we pursue his passion, one of the things we understand is we belong. We belong. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are the sheep of his pasture, what blessing there is in knowing that we belong. What an attitude of thanksgiving when we realize that, that God is God and he's invited us in to be a part of, uh, of his family. See, we belong and we are his. It is he who made us and we are his. An attitude of thanksgiving is produced when we realize what God has done for us. When we realize the the depth that he went, the, the effort that he went to, which was giving his son to make sure that we were invited into his pasture, that we became part of his. There's a story about Queen Victoria. She was at a, uh, a, 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 a reception in London, London, and the guest of honor was an African chieftain. And everything went real well through, throughout the dinner until the, the meal was almost over and they brought out finger bowls to each of the guests. There were hundreds of guests there. Uh, and, and no one had thought to tell this chieftain what the finger bowl was for. So when they placed it down in front of me, he, he picked it up with both hands and drank the contents of the water all the way down to the last drop and set it down. Uh, you could have heard a pin drop. Everyone just stood there and looked and like, oh, no. And then they started talking to, amongst one another like, oh, that's terrible. But then it all hushed when Queen Victoria picked up her bowl and she drank the contents of it and set it down. And when that happened... All the guests picked up their bowls and drank the contents and set it down. See, it was against the rules to drink from the finger bowl. But that evening, Victoria changed the rules. See, after all, she's the queen. She can do that. She can change the rules. See, the reality is God changed the rules for us. He invited us into his pasture by sending his son to us. He went to great lengths. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And because of that, since we're in his pasture, we have promise, we have protection, and we have provision. They would have understood as they read this psalm, and as the, the psalmist wrote it, he would have envisioned a, a, a group uh, or a, a shepherd out on a hillside with his sheep, and he would have understood what was coming from that the promise uh, of that, that he had that he was going to protect them that he was going to lead them as the 23rd psalms to to steal waters and green pastures that he was going to take care of them and that's what we see in this passage as as, as we're invited into his pasture we have a a shepherd that takes care of us john 10 11 jesus says of himself i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep and finally look at one last thing we'll just look at the last couple of verses where it gives us thoughts of thanksgiving. Notice what it says there. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, the, now the reality is you can put whatever you want in those three blanks or in your, in your bulletin notes. If you want to put what, what the psalmist says, he's not being exhaustive here, but this is what the psalmist says. The psalmist says the Lord is good. 
Well, yes, he is. The, the psalmist says his love endures forever. He says his faithfulness continues through all generations. He describes who God is. But for you, maybe it's something else. Maybe when you look at God and you think of God, you come up with something completely different. But the reality is when we look at God, a spirit of thanksgiving, an attitude of thanksgiving comes when we see who God is and we call out those names and we, and we thank him for who he is. Uh, this year, uh, after our Thanksgiving meals, uh, our Thanksgiving meal, our uh, our family did something different. We're, we're we don't usually do this kind of thing, but uh, our daughter-in-law Heidi came up with this uh, this uh, this game, and they, we all sat in the living room. Reed and I were sitting on the couch, and they they came in and gave us each a dish, and it had these slips of paper in, and and on each slip of paper was something that our grandchildren had written. They'd asked them, "What are you thankful for, Grammy and Papa, for?" And so, so they each one wrote on on a slip of paper what they were thankful for, and then our was to guess who had said it. Uh, now we have a couple of them. Two of our grandchildren are just around two, and I did Reed do it? And they're like, "Yeah." Uh, I'll let you know what Reed's was. Our youngest grand grandson, uh, his was bus uh, and truck, and we knew that was it because that's all he ever says: bus and truck. Uh, when they ask our next one, who's just a little over two, Caden, who's our our little go-getter, uh, uh, his was, I think, something like uh, turn and run away. Because when they asked him, what are you thankful for? He turned and ran away and something like that. But, but the others were, 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 uh, were interesting. Um, one of them for, for Rito said, said this, uh, she's nice. I don't remember which one said that. They could have all said that. She's nice. A um, couple of them said, she buys us chocolate milk. They, they all love coming to Grammys because we buy, we don't buy just chocolate. We buy Sato Dairy chocolate milk. Now, we cut it 50-50 with other milk, but, you know, don't tell them that. Uh, that stuff's expensive. We're not going to give them straight up. Uh, uh, and it's still really good. Uh, on, on, on Papa, they, they, a couple things they said about me is uh, he, he, he makes us breakfast. Translation, I put the toaster strudel in the toaster for him. Uh, when they uh, they get up and he takes us to the playground because like I said the grade school playgrounds in our front yard so as soon as they get their papa can we go to the playground uh, and then they like to go to the special playground the the preschool playground that says no trespassing but we that doesn't apply to us and uh, so we we go there too sometimes uh, but but then one of them on on Rita's a couple of them put this uh, she she protects us when papa tries to pop our toes because that's just what I do and and. So they holler for Grammy, and she comes in and pinches me, and I stop. Uh, but, but what a blessing for us to, to, to have them just list some things they're thankful. Now, that's pretty simple. It's, it's basically stuff we did for them, buy them chocolate milk, make them breakfast, take them to the playground. But, boy, what a blessing for us to, to at least have them say that. Uh, thank you, Heidi, for doing that. What a blessing it is to God for, for us to have an attitude of thanksgiving. Even if we just say, God, I'm thankful for what you do for me. God, I'm thankful, thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my family. I'm Whatever it might be. What, what a blessing when we give an attitude of thanksgiving for what God has done for us. Bow with me as we pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you have blessed us in so many ways. Father, we thank you that we can come to you with worship, that we, we know where we belong, that we are your sheep. You uh, have invited us into your pasture. 
to be uh, a part of your flock. Father, we, we thank you that we can rejoice and give praise to you. Father, just bless us as we live for you. Father, help us see the, the many things that you do. Uh, let us see your glory and your mercy and your love, and let that give us an attitude, an attitude of thanksgiving. We pray in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and you need uh, to uh, to make a decision publicly, if if you're here today and you would like to to maybe have the church pray for you or to encourage you, maybe you're here today and you just need to say, you know what, I need to change my attitude and start really living for the Lord. Uh, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus and don't know His forgiveness and His love and His mercy in your life. We'd invite you to come.